Hello and welcome to the DEFRA Farming Podcast. My name is Michael Stirler and I work in DEFRA's Farming and Countryside Programme within the engagement team. I focus on regional events, going out to speak to farmers on the Sustainable Farming Incentive and gathering their insights on what their thoughts are. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by two guests from the Southwest, two generations of farmers working together on the Exmoor Uplands. So Robin and Christopher, would you like to say a few words and introduce yourself? Yeah, we're beef sheep farmers on Exmoor. It's predominantly upland, not hill. It's an upland farm, although we do have some common land grazing. We run our herd of Exmoor ponies on that. So that's a separate part to the farm. I'd regard ourselves as a traditional average size family beef and sheep farm. We're based on the southern edge of Exmoor. It is a mixed farming enterprise because in line with an awful lot of these type of farms, um, we grow a few cereals, we grow a few root crops. It's got an ongoing rotation. It's been in the family most of it for quite a long time. A few years ago, my son joined me. He came back and uh, rather than him working for me, I decided the best thing to do that I could work for him and then I could moan about what he was doing rather than the other way around. We keep in shape outdoors all the time including lambing them which I'm not entirely convinced about yet because I get wet and cold and the sheep are getting faster as far as I can see <laughs> a few Aberdeen Angus suckler cows not that many now and then some store cattle that buy, buy you know, and, and, and grow on on top of that yes there is a herd of export ponies we keep on the moors but they're a completely unprofitable part of the business but everybody thinks they're nice to look at <laughs> so, so scale-wise, I'm not 300 acres. We lamb about 320 the news, 18 Angus cows left now, and then about 150 young stock. It was a few years ago, Christopher said, said to me, my then rather substantial herd of Aberdeen Angus suckler cows were definitely not paying anything and were time to go. So I've been allowed to keep a few. That's very generous. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he came and joined me eight years ago um, he came back home having worked away and travelled a bit rather than working for me on the farm he actually joined me as my boss as my senior partner I gave him a majority share of the farming business when he came back and uh, I thought that would give the opportunity to develop the farming business in the route that he was comfortable with rather than always feeling that what was what dad wanted to do so, yeah, normally known as Buster. I'll let him explain one. I don't really know. It's honest. There's a lot of different stories, but apparently I used to break a lot of things when I was younger. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's great. Yes, he joined me as a majority partner seven years ago, and that was predominantly the reason we got engaged with the SFI pilot to start with, mm. because my approach was, oh, don't know whether there's a lot in this for us, and he had a look through and said... Uh, get your laptop out dad we can do this this and this um we've done two years of the sfr pilot and we asked to leave at the end of the second year well because there was we thought significant opportunities in sfi 23 that it would be quite nice to get engaged with early on and uh, and be part of it so i'll hand over to my boss <laughs> <laughs> we joined the SFI pilot. It was a new scheme coming out, and some of it was 
quite workable with our farm at the time and we didn't want to go into cs because it ties up the farm too much whereas it looked a little bit more workable so we decided to go down that route and the other thing was if we're in the pilot we had a bit of say on what happens next so we could hopefully give feedback and help point it in the right direction and when 20, sfi 23 came out it it is going the right way i think um it is more workable for farmers especially if we're mixed farms we got beef sheep and arable some of it, it was hard to rotate they've made that a lot easier and workable which has made a massive difference for us to be able to commit to some of it my understanding is christopher you were looking ahead at the sfi 23 and interested by it but robin you were a bit more reluctant my thought was that i was going to let the, the sfi pilot run and get to the end of that and then think well what are the options there and i thought i'll let it develop and to be fair it was only in the second half of 23 that we really started to get a bit of clarity on those options that were available and actually to be honest, it sometimes needs a fresh generation approach to look at where what they see as opportunities I might have seen as a threat. Mm-hmm. So, it sometimes it's opening your mind a little bit to that direction because I looked at it one or two bits and thought, oh, we're going to have to change that. I'm not sure about this. Actually, Buster's approach was, well, I can do that. That works quite well. To be honest, some of the stuff, because we're predominantly grouse, he was thinking ahead because two years ago, he bought a new direct drill. So we we're actually set up in some ways mm-hmm. without knowing two years in advance for some of the options. Yeah, no, definitely. So it, it opened up stitching in clovers for the clover option, the herbal lay side of it. We don't have to destroy grassland. We can eat it down tight, hopefully check it back and stitch in and hopefully get it that way, which is going to reduce the cost of actually establishing some of those types of lays without losing all our grazing for the season, which again, makes it more workable. And that was just more luck than judgment, I think. Yeah. So you had already taken those steps ahead of what the SFI was going to ask you to do ahead of the curve. If we wanted to put any field corners into margins or whatever, it, we can stitch it in with the direct drill, hopefully, is our thinking. And we haven't got all the extra costs of contractors. We are a very well farmed. <laughs> we can't necessarily say we're going to put that field in to this. We've got mine at the moment. It's been over winter stubble, not for the choice, because it's like a pond at the moment. Um, so which actions of the SFI 23 did you select and um, why you select those ones we went for the the clover lays option so clover inclusion a lot of our cutting ground would be clover lays anyway so it was quite a easy one to get into for us and to stitch in a bit of extra here and there isn't a big problem and we tend to have quite a young rotation of grass anyway behind the corn so it works mm. quite well it's not a big problem to put clover in when we're going to go down the herbal lay route a bit more we have already put in some herbal lay anyway um even though we're not getting paid for it just to give it a go for a lot of our grazing the herbal lays going on what i've heard from other people that have got them it will suit our grazing ground so if we can work with that then it's a win-win really mm-hmm. um 
we've gone into the hedgerow management options. We've managed to pretty much do all of them. We? Yeah. We take the decision on one end of the farm, the higher end of the farm is pure beach hedges on top of eight foot banks. Mm-hmm. Our hedges over the last 40 years, I've been through and renovated, rebuilt fence at some point, all of them are crowded about hedges. We don't have hedges with big gaps in them. Our beach hedges at Whittypool, five years ago, we took the decision to let them grow naturally and then put them into a program of hedge laying. And the, the ones back at this end of the farm, which are mixed hedges, we're letting some grow, some managing differently, but they're all thick, solid hedges. So that was quite a good one for us. Yeah, good to hear. Nutrient management, the integrate best management. Yeah. Uh, it was the other one as well, wasn't it? Yeah, and helping welfare. It's well worth reading through it because some of it you might be doing anyway to have that bit of help. Um, if you are getting a bit of help with it, you might get the vet say, oh, actually, could you do a bit extra or maybe look at doing this while you're there mm-hmm. and maybe improving it a little bit yeah. as well. So it's well worth looking at those sorts of options, I think, because they're there anyway. And if you're doing the majority of it, it might just get you to improve it as well if you're not thinking, well, the vet's costing me this much. I was looking through as well on some of our arable land, very short-term arables on a rotation. Normally, I'll spend sort of two years out of grass in about every six years, something like that. So it's predominantly grass. Um, I was looking at what options are available there, and there may well be one or two where we might take out a headland or two for a well-burp mixes. And because most of that is now rotational, it's made it possible for us. That's yeah. really interesting to hear. Yeah, obviously, being the fact we're only keeping corn maybe two years, if it's got to be in there for three years, it ruins our rotation. Whereas if we can move around, it it makes that a, a feasible option. Do you find that the flexibility that the SFI offers, the non-prescriptive nature, does that work well with the style of farming that you're doing up on Exmoor? Because you're at Upland, I'm guessing you're a bit of uh, low as well. So do you find that flexibility works well for you? Yeah, it's one of the big reasons for being able to sign up to it. Otherwise, it becomes, if you can't guarantee you can get that crop in, and if you don't get Mm. it in, you're then defaulting on your scheme. For us, that that is a 50-50 chance half the time if you're going to get in a root crop or something like that, because we get a huge amount of rainfall down here. (laughs) You're lucky you can get a quad bike round through the winter and a lot of the autumn and spring, so it, it does make it quite difficult to guarantee we'll be able to put in a certain acreage every year even if we want to we actually started a cs application last year i never actually completed the cs application because as the sfi 23 developed actually that suited us an awful lot better there's one or two bits that you should just be doing anyway the the nutrient management the integrated pest management that contributes directly to the business why wouldn't you want to know exactly what your soil profiles are and what your soil tests are do you already do your own nutrient management plan soil sampling a certain amount of farm every year we like to keep up on top of the line and ph because one side of the farm is quite wet so we've got to keep on top of it if we let that slip it costs us money so it was worth doing you're better off to look after your ground in the long term we're also quite fortunate as well. 
we've got a very good local guy, agronomist, and he's quite willing to sit down and go through nutrient management plan. Because we're also in an MDZ, it's kind of a lot of the stuff that we need to do. So the two things work alongside each other. And uh, he's quite happy to go through and do that without a hugely expensive cost. Have you been speaking to neighbours, farms, side groups up in uh, Dartmoor and Exmoor? Do you find yourself having these conversations about where you're going to go if, to consider the SFI? Yeah, it definitely comes up in conversation. In this area, we have got quite a few young farmers my age mm-hmm. coming on and taking a lot more um, management roles over in their farms. And a lot of the younger generation, I think, are looking to it and thinking we can work with this, we can get something out of this and make farming a bit more profitable again. There's a lot of them that have changed their farming practices and gone into the SFI to help me with that change in farming direction. Yeah. They seem quite happy with it at the moment. Time will tell. Um, you've got to give it five years or so in farming, so it'll be interesting to see how it pans out over the next few years. Having gone through the SFI 23... Whilst still being able to farm the low input system without involving too much costs and just looking at carefully at what we've got, we still were heading towards covering our, what was our BPS. Now, there is some cost attached to that, but it's coming up to substantially more money and more support for that sort of actions than expected initially. That's really interesting. And those farming practices you're doing already and putting into the SFI 23 without changing the way you're farming and your practices it's not a drastic change by any means it is workable um if if it wasn't we wouldn't want to be doing it that's what's probably focused my thinking on when i go into this in that you're better to ensure you go in at a level that you know you can work because you can always increase it at the end of the next year it was a lesson from other previous schemes. Been realistic enough to look at what it actually will cost you. That's both in direct cost that it will take to actually do any of these actions and in the opportunity cost of what you could do otherwise. You've got to look then and unrealistically think, if I'm going to go into something like this, it's got to show a positive gross margin because if it doesn't, it won't contribute to my business. How did you find using the SFI 23 handbook? Did you find that you already had actions in mind and consulted the handbook to make sure that's what you could do or look through the handbook and go, I'd like that? We'd heard of some of the actions and then we did look through the rest of the actions and see what was workable, what wasn't. I actually just printed out the sections of the handbook that I felt were suitable. So I've got the the sections of the guidance then that I needed to consult. So as I go through each one, I can have the page open, make sure it works, what we're looking at and so on. But actually, most of it is relatively straightforward. That's good to hear. We've been trying to work closely with farmers to shake that guidance to make it manageable and hopefully you don't need a land agent to point you in the right direction. Well, for a good many years, I helped an awful lot of local farmers with their um, BPS applications Mm. and... uh, the vast majority of farmers that I know around the area are absolutely excellent at what they do. They're excellent stockmen, far more, far better than I would ever likely to be. But they hate reading endless pages of this sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. How have you found translating what is in the handbook to starting an application? The process of applying 
I haven't got a problem with, that would be a huge step forward. That's good to hear. With the application process comes the new payment system going from annual to quarterly every three months. Does that impact you in any big way? As a beef and a sheep farmer, that will be a lot better. It can be very, very stop-start with beef and sheep. An awful lot of SFI 23 are ongoing actions, mm. um, some of which have ongoing costs, the likes of seed and so on for your clover lays, the herbal lays, and ongoing costs throughout different parts of the year for your soil testing and so on. Mm. I think for an awful lot of people, that spread of payments will make it an awful lot easier. Really good to hear. So with the application process for BSF 523, any suggestions for anyone who might be wanting to apply and go through the application process themselves? Well, first thing is get a younger generation prompt you into getting on doing it. <laughs> the other thing is just read through, look at what suits your farm, read it through two or three times and determine what you can do easily. I would suggest only apply to do what you know you can do. Start okay. You can always up the ante at the end of year one and look at revisiting and increase the level of activity you've got. But don't go in too hard to start with if you're a little unsure. Some of it looks complicated when you're moving field parcels in and out and this sort of thing. In reality, the field options are quite easy to do. The hedgerow options take more time and you're a little more complex. Any tips you found made your life easier doing the application? One part of it would be don't panic at the moment because it's like with ourselves, when you open up at the moment and I look at the land area, you think, well, my farm's grown a heck of a lot because RPA have added in all the common land. Every commoner has got the same area, like I've got an extra 800 hectares on mine because of our common rights on Withypool, but every commoner on Withypool will have that extra 800 hectares with a field number beside it at the moment. So you've got to look at it and think, is my land area correct? Check the box, yes. Um, and then when you go to the next stage, make sure that you only move across the rest of the field parcels and not the common. <laughs> Most of it is about that need to actually sit down and measure every field. So you've got to measure every field on half hedges to start with. And when you go on to the last action, the, the trees, you've then got to determine where there's field boundaries as well or where there's road hedges, the responsibility either side. Got to go through the whole process against every field number twice, marking them down. And with 50 summer fields, it took me a minute or two. Once you've done it once, it's set up, but it's quite a time-consuming option, that one. Other than that, just bear in mind that sitting down for a few hours to do this could give you a quarterly income for the next three years. That might concentrate the mind a little bit. <laughs> so what would you say for anyone who might be a bit reluctant to enter into the SFI 23 and might be holding off at SFI 24? The beauty is it's add-onable. You can also take away as well from what I've got from the pilot and the beginnings of this one is you are improving it it's come a long way and i genuinely do think you are trying to help make it a better process for us we are trying it's, it's good to hear there will be undoubtedly a few bits in sfi 24 once you get to the anniversary which after all is never as far away as you think you can revise it there's also a feeling that historically new schemes never appear as fast as you think they should do. 
let's take advantage of what's there and de- and definitely read for it. I mean, I'm not an academic type of person. Um, I'd much rather be outside, but it isn't that daunting to read. Speak to other farmers that you know have gone into it because they might suggest options to you and you think, oh, I might look that up. You can go and find that option, read it, and you think, actually, we can work with this. And then on from that, read a few of the others. You don't have to read the whole lot. You don't have to go into the whole lot. So it is well worth reading through and just seeing whether you can or, can or can't work around it. If you're going to get an agent, sit down with the agent and go through it with them rather than just what can you get out of it work around it because chances are you won't have to change your farming practices all that much really good tip going forward looking into the future a bit how do you see sort of the farm changing your practices changing in the next say year or two or even longer into the future you know where do you see yourself going we've already changed quite a bit in the last year and a bit we were rearing quite a few calves we've now easing into the SFI a little bit um, we now do our corn nearly self-sufficient is what we're aiming for we try not to buy in any concentrates um, unless it's for real young calves we're buying a little bit of straw now but ideally not too much we've upped our sheep a little bit like door system so that's kept costs down for us although dad doesn't like running around in the field where it's wet but <laughs> <laughs> Because I've got the drill, I, I do do a bit outside, mm. seeding, um, and that sort of thing. I do a bit of contract spraying. Son and brother and, and his son-in-law, and my son-in-law work together all the time in the winter, doing hedge laying, that sort of thing. It's taken a bit of pressure off our farming system. He changed my sheep entirely, and they now live outdoors. They don't have concentrates. They lamb outdoors, and... Um, Ours is a grass, entirely grass-based system. It's been able to adapt to what will work here. I think you've got to be realistic and start looking and thinking, what suits me in the SFI? You mustn't start by looking at the money. Because if you start by looking at the money, there's a high chance you'll choose the wrong options for the wrong reasons. I think you've got to look at what's applicable on my farm and that I'm willing to do in my business. That's really interesting to hear. I think that's good advice as well. And probably what's most sustainable, what I don't want to be in a position of, is endlessly changing direction. No, that's uh, that's the last move we want to be doing. Right. So, in, so for the SFI twenty four coming up soon, what would you like to see in that? What sort of direction do you want to see Defra and the SFI going? What would you like to see us improve? Having opened up more of the capital grants to the SFI applicants will be a big help realistically if you want a hedge to be good you need to have a defense both sides of it to, to keep it in good order and maintain it and, and also from a, from a wildlife point of view it provides that secure corridor that you're not going to have a cow in the middle of it or hmm. or anything yeah so other sheep grazing up the middle of it we've got 57 parcels and i think our average field size if i remember rightly is around about three hectares a lot of hedges a huge amount and uh, the capital cost of that so ensuring the capital ground side works with it as well in mm. herbal lays and clover lays we need enough on the capital grounds to ensure that we can utilize those options properly <laughs> my own comment and would be to any other farmers just look at this just look at it seriously you can go in 
the first year at quite a low level and dip your toe in the water and see what it looks like. This is what we've got in front of us. It's only by engaging with it and attempting to help develop it that it's going to work for us as farmers as well as for the environmental expectations that are put on us. I've got to admit, since we started the pilot, I was very dubious at the beginning, but you, you have wanted to work with us rather than just saying, well, that's what you're getting, that's the options. You have tried to improve them in, in all fairness. Mm. So it's nice to know that we're not just trying to work around you, we can actually work with you. It's quite nice to just encourage people to feel a little bit good about what they're doing sometimes. It's nice to actually have a scheme that's working with us as well as trying to improve the environment. It's going both ways. I mean, most farmers on the environment, we want to look after it just as much as anyone else. Thanks, Robin and Christopher, for giving up your time today. It's been really interesting to hear your uh, thoughts on the SFI and how your farm's transitioning to that approach. Thank you. If it can help stimulate interest and probably encourage farmers to engage with it. If we get involved, we can give more feedback as to what we feel works. The opportunities are in it for us, I think. And thank you for giving us the opportunity to, to give our view of it. Thank you very much. I also want to say thank you very much to our listeners. And if you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can get it where you normally get your podcast from. And if you want to follow the DEFRA Farming and Countryside Programme in more detail, you can follow us on our blog at uh, defrafarming.blog.gov.uk. Thank you very much for listening. And thank you once again, Christopher and Robin, for your time today. Very welcome. Bye.